Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Women Podcast. I am so excited because today we are going to talk all things pregnancy, labor, and delivery. I know we did a postpartum episode and this pregnancy, labor, delivery, and postpartum is just so much. We had to split it up into two episodes, Uh, but I'm super excited because today we get to chat with my friend, Sarah. Sarah is a young Catholic wife and mom from Dallas, Texas. She has been married to her husband, Dash, for almost two years. She has a nine-month-old son named Hudson with beautiful red hair and a spunky Australian shepherd named Mia. She has spent the last two years as a nurse in the ICU, and in her spare time, she enjoys spending time with her husband and son, as well as gardening, reading, baseball, and drinking coffee. I hope you guys love today's episode because we had so much fun chatting. You're listening to The Catholic Woman Podcast. If you're a Catholic woman desiring to live by God's standards and not society's expectations, then this podcast is for you. Each week, we bring you actionable tools to live out your vocation confidently while empowering you to know the truths and teachings of the Catholic faith. Whether you need advice, encouragement, or connection, you are in the right place. So if you're ready to dive in and become the woman God created you to be, then get ready. Because here is your host, Marie Hansen. Sarah, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome to the Catholic Women Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited too. Um, Before we dive into this episode, I just want to remind all of our listeners that if you are enjoying the Catholic Women Podcast, if you could please screenshot the episodes, share them on social media and tag us. We love to see what you're liking and what you want to hear more of. And then also, if you could leave us a review, that means so much. It helps bump our podcast out to other people like yourself who would find it super helpful. So just want to remind you guys to do that, please. It really makes a difference in our podcast. All right, so Sarah, before we kind of dive into the topic of pregnancy, labor, and delivery, um, why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Well, the the intro pretty much covered everything about (laughs) me in a general overview. Um, Yeah, I've been in Dallas suburbs area for most of my life. I'm originally from Illinois, but I don't, I claim that I'm from Texas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I've been here most of my life, met my husband here. I went to school um, down in Central Texas by Austin, work as a nurse in the ICU, got married young, don't regret it, had a baby <laughs> young, don't regret it, um, and we're just, you know, living life right now, trying to figure everything out as a young couple with baby. It's, yeah. it can be challenging at times, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Absolutely. When I have spare time, I have a, my massive, I've shown it to you, my flower bed yes. outside. <laughs> Everything has finally bloomed. It looks so good. Oh, good. Uh, so if I'm ever not taking, you know, taking a nap, it's usually I'm outside <laughs> in there if it's not a thousand degrees out. I was going to say, Texas can get really hot, but that's so fun. I wish I had like a garden of flowers or vegetables to take care of. It's just, it's so like, I don't know for some people and I think I'm one of those people it's just very relaxing and like mm-hmm. stress relieving so that's so fun yeah I started with <laughs> indoor plants when I was in college that was like my stress relief oh nice um, because you know a lot of people after a big exam or something they would go out and get drinks or party or something well I was mm-hmm. a year ahead in school so I didn't even turn 21 until halfway through my senior year yeah <laughs> um, so my roommate and I started collecting plants after each exam um, and then we got our house um, our rental house and we have a flower bed and then I have a little garden um, with some lavender in the backyard so I've just expanded my hobbies 
That's so fun. Oh my goodness. I love that. Well, I can't wait to see pictures because that sounds so beautiful. Oh my goodness. Oh, I'll send you a picture of my um room with all my plants in it once we're done. Yes, with it. please. Because please, I have, I I'm looking wait. at one right now. It's it's so large and it needs to be trimmed. I can barely see <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes, I can't wait to see that. So fun. Well, I love that. That's so fun. And you and I are about the same age, both had babies around mm-hmm. the same time. Um, married roughly around the same time um so yeah we're very very similar and we both connected through Instagram so it's so exciting to get to talk with you today um before we kind of dive in I'm going to split this episode up into like pregnancy and then labor and delivery because that kind of is kind of how I don't know that's just naturally how it split up um but before we dive in I do want to talk about doulas um and Mamasol doula company so Mamasol doula company is run by Marisol um, she's a virtual birth doula service that includes pregnancy check-ins, labor education sessions, birth planning sessions, comfort measure sessions, postpartum support planning sessions, postpartum check-ins, and a birth processing session, which I'm sure today we'll get into why all of these are important. Um, but she requires that birth support persons take part in their meetings so that she can teach them how to give physical support during labor. And during labor, she's available via Google Meet and Zoom or call or text 24-7. She is Catholic-centered, that you pray together and focus on labor as though it were um, a cross and a means of sanctification, which it definitely is. <laughs> and one of her missions as a birth doula is to provide just, equitable care for her community. Recognizing that there are health disparities and social oppression, she provides a sliding scale of payments for vulnerable populations. So some f- qualifications um, include low-income families, Medicaid, Medicare clients, single clients, teenage clients, student clients, or other extenuating circumstances because she believes that everyone deserves a doula. Um, And as someone who personally had a doula, I can attest that doulas are so, so important, especially for your first birth. I don't know. I don't know that we could have done it without her. So um, uh, Marisol is giving everyone a discount for 10% off of her services. Um, If you use the code MAMA23, written into the inquiry form, she will give you 10% off her services. Like I said, she's got lots of different packages and they're virtual. If you're in person, she does offer in-person ones, but she does it virtual because she likes to work with Catholic clients. So her website is mamasouldoulacompany.squarespace.com. Um, and her Instagram has intent informational content on pregnancy, labor, delivery, and postpartum. And her Instagram is at mamasoul underscore doula company. And those will all be linked in today's show notes. All right. So... Um, kind of diving into pregnancy share uh, do you want to just like briefly kind of share your pregnancy experience before the labor and delivery part <laughs> sure um so a little overview we got married in November early November 2021 and we had just moved into our house and put a deposit down on a puppy when I found out I was pregnant in January <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, so that was definitely all God's timing because we weren't even supposed to be in that rental house. We were supposed to be in an apartment until the summer and wow. we never had even thought of getting a puppy. And then we moved into <laughs> our house. Our neighbor had an Australian shepherd and it, we found the breeder and she had puppies. Um, <laughs> and literally a couple of days later, I found out I was pregnant. Um <laughs> That is crazy because I have, I've done the puppy training and I've obviously had a baby and to be pregnant and puppy trained at the same time, 
God Honestly, <laughs> my first thought was when I found out I was pregnant was, how are we going to do this with a puppy and a baby? It wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. It was, oh my gosh, we have a puppy coming. Yeah, <laughs> that would be me too. That is so hard. <laughs> oh um, my goodness. But looking back on my pregnancy, I mean, it was hard, but it wasn't, I'd never had the thought of like, oh, this is so, I'm so miserable. I never want to put myself through this again. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was sick probably until 22 weeks. Wow. Yeah, that's a long time. And then, and then I got better. And then I just had aches and pains in the third trimester, probably from work. But I mean, overall, it was, overall, it was a positive experience. I mean, I got to feel him start kicking early. And once I got the kicks going, then that was, that helped me get through the rest of my morning sickness <laughs> period. Yeah. But um. I had headaches and nausea and like morning sickness for 22 weeks. After that, I really didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. Um, so after 22 weeks, the second half of pregnancy, except for, you know, your third trimester aches was, yeah. I mean, it was, it was fine. I didn't have any issues. That's good. Low risk. We, we went to, uh, we got a couple of extra ultrasounds because he was not cooperating during his scans. <laughs> um, and just for like some family history stuff we got some extra scans on him just to make sure he was all good but I mean they were nice because we got to see his face more than you know the two or three times in a normal pregnancy but other (laughs) than that yeah it was uneventful it was smooth sailing no issues that's good that's Mm -hmm. very good yeah mine was somewhat similar to yours I I'd say overall the pregnancy itself was great my postpartum has been a different experience which I talked about in another episode (laughs) but the pregnancy itself was okay obviously I feel like most people have morning sickness I had some pretty bad nausea until about 18 weeks I didn't have it quite as long as you did um but everyone was like it's done after the first trimester and then when it continued for a few weeks in the second I was like this sucks but it's okay I, like, I did okay, get over it eventually 14 day one <laughs> why am I still sick <laughs> exactly <laughs> But thankfully, I didn't have like, um, what's it, H- HGV? Is that mm, what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the that like one where, yes, that one where you're like very sick and like have to be hospitalized. I never had to be hospitalized because I was throwing up. It was just uncomfortable. Um, and let's see, after that second trimester was great. I, I, you saw pictures of me, but I was hardly showing. Like I was third trimester pregnant, and people didn't even know I was pregnant. So I did also have extra like scans because I was measuring way small um but she was that. totally fine she ended up being a nine pound baby she was um, so big when she was yeah, born where yes. was she <laughs> I know she was totally back in my like ribs in my back like I was so small people like didn't I don't know I don't know if it's gonna happen with a future baby we'll find out it could just be like the way my body is but um so I did end up having like scans for that but she was totally fine and we also had an extra echocardiogram at our children's hospital just because um congenital heart defects like are in our family so mm-hmm. did that but that was fine the only like complication I guess I could say and it wasn't even that much of a complication was I was pretty severely anemic so at the end of my pregnancy um I had to go to the hospital every other day and get iron infusions for three weeks and that was not fun I didn't even start them until 38 weeks 30 it was like 37 and a half 38 weeks so they actually went past my due date and of course they finished the last one like I think it was two days before she was born and it was like obviously my last one was after my due date so (laughs) it worked out really well um 
Although I feel like that might have inflated her birth weight a little bit because, you know, all the extra fluids and stuff. I don't know. I, I, I like have Maybe. mixed feelings on that. But <laughs> it that was like the the biggest like hurdle for me was those last three weeks. Every other day I was gone in the hospital for yeah. a few hours, which was not fun. Um, but at that point I had just finished my job. So it worked. It worked out for me. <laughs> um, for someone who just found out that they're pregnant, what should they do? Ooh, I've been thinking about this one. I would say don't freak out. Yeah. <laughs> because you're going to realize even if you are trying to conceive, you are never truly ready for that mm-hmm. positive pregnancy test to appear. I mean, we were open to kids pretty much from the beginning, obviously. Um, but when I still got that positive pregnancy test, I was not expecting it. I literally took it because... I thought my, my period had started and then it stopped. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Maybe I should take a test. <laughs> and literally before I laid it down on the counter, it was positive. And I was, even though we were open to children, was not ready for that moment. Yeah. And just kind of sat on the bathroom floor before I went and got my husband. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what are we getting ourselves into? <laughs> um, so yeah, don't, don't freak out. I'm sure everybody's going to say that. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um. And then just take it, take in the moment, spend that time with your husband. Even if you're, you don't need to tell him in a cute way. You can just, I called mine into the bathroom and I was like, look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, you don't have to do anything special. Just have that moment be the two of you. He is not going to care whether or not you do like a super cute pregnancy announcement or you call him into the bathroom. Um, That would be my advice is just relish that moment. Yeah. Because you're never going to have that moment finding out you're pregnant for the first time again that's so true I will say mine my experience was like not like a bummer but because we had had two prior losses so the first one when I found out I was pregnant and I've showed you these tests um but they were very very faint lines and I was like on day 14 of my my luteal phase so they should have been like pretty strong um and like I just kind of knew right away but anyway because of those first two losses every time I got a pregnancy test I was like excited but not and like nervous you know so um it it was hard to like relish those first few moments for me um but with our with our current baby girl who's eight months old she hers was strong like right before I even set it down it was positive so I was like okay I feel like this is a good sign but still it's like you're never quite ready for that and you're right it's like what did I get myself into but this is going to be amazing difficult but beautiful journey at the same time mm-hmm. um yeah that's that's a really good suggestion um are there any like books or courses that you'd suggest for pregnant moms uh we didn't take any we kind of <laughs> winged it <laughs> um I thought about taking them but I don't know for some reason we just we didn't we we had a we did have a doula we talked a lot about you know birth plan and everything with her Mm -hmm. um I read a little bit of one book it was like how to I think it was like how to have a holy birth or something like that yeah Um, I didn't finish reading it but I got some good tips from that um yeah, I mean, the, going around the second time, if we if we have more kids, I would probably take like the Bradley Method class. I think you took yeah, that. I did. Um, yeah. Just for more so for my husband, so he knows more of what to do and what to expect mm-hmm. and how to help me. Because yeah. when I was in, I'll talk about more in delivery, but I was at a point where I couldn't talk. 
at all. I was in so much pain. So he <laughs> yeah. didn't know what to do. And that was the worst part of the whole labor part. So probably in retrospect, I wish I would have taken a class, but we just, we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't at the time feel the need to. Yeah. We're very, I'm a very type A person, but I found when it came to pregnancy, I was pretty go with the flow. So yeah. I was like, oh, whatever happens is going to happen, you know? <laughs> So I was like, oh, yeah. I'll do some reading. I'll do a little bit of research, um, watched a few YouTube videos, kind of got like my general idea of all the different interventions and ways that, you know, birth could go. And I was like, okay, I want that. I don't want that. Yeah. So, that's, but yeah. yeah, in retrospect, I wish I would have taken a class. Yeah, that's good to know. We did a Bradley method class and I really did like it because it kind of helped Ian more so like than myself just because I have a lot of younger siblings so I kind of knew what to expect from my mom um but it was definitely super helpful I think um books I read one was real food for pregnancy which was really good I couldn't implement most of it because I was sick for the first half of pregnancy but um it's a good like ideal to strive for and I didn't read this book but I wish I would have read um The Womanly Art of Breastfeeding because I had a lot of breastfeeding issues um that were related to like ties and things like that but um just to kind of know more about breastfeeding I feel like that's something I would have I wish I would have prepared better for yeah that for me as well yeah. I think we we had similar issues mm-hmm. with ties and breastfeeding yeah um, I wish I had done I thought I mean I had done a lot of research on breastfeeding but I I didn't know how common ties were yeah. until my son was born with two of them. And then I joined a support group and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so common. Why didn't yeah. I know more about this? Right. Because I felt that if I had read about it and prepared for it, I would have acted a lot faster. Yes. Yeah. I agree. No, I agree. We didn't get hers fixed until she was 12 weeks old. And I, yeah, it just caused so many issues. So if God blesses you with another baby in the future, I, I know you kind of touched on the story, but what would you do differently during the pregnancy? Um, like I said, definitely take a class. Yeah. Um, I, this isn't like anything that necessarily maybe different that I would treat my pregnancy, but I would not want to find out. Yeah. What yeah. the gender <laughs> is, the next one. Um, yeah, because I was still pretty active with pregnancy. I would try to maybe be a little bit more active, do mm-hmm. some actual like prenatal tailored workouts instead of just, you know, doing what what I usually did, kind of tailor yeah. that more to like preparing for birth. But yeah. my big one would be not finding out. I really want this, <laughs> the next one, if we have a next one, to be a surprise. But the hardest part yes. would be getting my husband on board with that as soon as I find out. <laughs> yes we we didn't find out with her and it was like such a surprise I thought she was a boy and like everything like heart rate and all that was pointing to a boy and so when she was born and Ian was like it's a girl I actually was like wait I think I was like are you serious yeah something like that (laughs) so I was so convinced she was a boy so that was really a lot of fun and like helped get through the labor to like you know like give you something not that like there's not anything to look forward to and you know but there's like a surprise at the end of it which is kind of fun too (laughs) that's what my Um, mom said she found out with two of us and then two of us were a surprise and she said that it just made like that last hump yes (laughs) yes yes very fun okay so before we kind of switch to the um labor and delivery part I do want to talk about something um, that's important to talk about, and that's mental health. Um, so mental health, obviously, during pregnancy and postpartum especially can be a really um, 
touchy subject and a lot of women experience postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, or even during pregnancy. Um, so I I found this really awesome Catholic mental health coach. Her name is Talia Cruzzi. Um, She runs Mental Health for Holiness. So Mental Health for Holiness um, is to help Catholic women grow in virtue by improving their mental health and teaching them to regulate their emotions and moods. She was diagnosed with bipolar disorder when she was 24 upon entering the convent for two and a half years. Um, She learned that there's more to mental health than just medicine and therapy. By learning simple, effective, and practical daily skills, she was able to learn how to use her emotions to help her practically grow in patience, humility, joyfulness, and gratitude, and overcome binge eating, depression, and bouts of rage. She's now a mom, wife, and has baby number five on the way, Um, and her passion is teaching other women how to regulate their emotions and free them from the mental knots that can hold them back from growing in holiness, all while on a tight budget which is all super important when we're, especially in the pregnancy um, and postpartum phase. So you can use the code CATHOLICWOMAN15 in all caps to get 15% off her eight-week group coaching program. Um, and her Instagram is at Mental Health for Holiness. Her website is www.mentalhealthforholiness.com. And like always, these will all be linked in the show notes. But definitely go check it out um, because mental health is a really, really big deal during pregnancy and postpartum. Um, okay, so kind of diving into now the labor and delivery part. Um, do you want to briefly share your labor and delivery experience? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So my experience, um, I went in to my backtracking a couple weeks. I went into my 38 week appointment, miserable in tears (laughs) mostly from being in pain, but also my hormones were just raging. (laughs) And I was just telling my OB, I I remember telling her, I was like, I am miserable. I am hot. I can barely Mm -hmm. work because I work, you know, the three 12 hour shifts in the hospital. I was like, I cannot do this anymore. And she was like, well, you know, obviously I can't induce you. You're only 38 weeks, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I know. And then I told her, I said, I do not want to go past 41 weeks. Mm-hmm. I said I am done after that and she goes okay we will uh, you know look at scheduling induction just you know just to be uh, totally transparent we have very few scheduled elective elective um, inductions because the hospital that I gave birth at is a big teaching hospital so they have a whole lot of high risk stuff come in so they try to save the inductions for the more emergent yeah that makes um, sense so when I went for my 40 week appointment, she goes, so I have an induction date for tomorrow if you want it. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in thinking like I was going to have to wait a whole nother week because I wasn't really showing any signs of labor. I was having a lot of Braxton Hicks, mm-hmm. but other than that, my body, my, I'm still carrying high. I hadn't had any of like the signs of pre-labor starting. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting to have to wait until week 41. So when she said that she had an appointment, like an opening the next day, I was like, no, nope, I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so we went in the next morning and everything happened really, really quickly. Um, overall, it, w- it went really mm-hmm. slow in the beginning, obviously. But once um, the evening hit, and I'd been there for like 10 hours. It went, it was just a couple hours later that he was born. Um, but yeah, so they started my induction. I was doing great. I was walking my laps around the nursing station. <laughs> um, I wasn't really making any progress for a few hours. So like at four o'clock in the afternoon, 
no it was like it was like around noon it was around lunchtime they started me on the pitocin drip and oh my gosh i thought my back was breaking from the contractions because he was sunny side up so all my contractions were in my back and in my tailbone ouch and I am so proud of myself. I lasted four hours with back-to-back contractions before I finally was like, no, I want the epidural. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> because I was looking at my monitor and it looked like a comb. Like my contractions were, weren't even ending before the next one was starting. That's crazy. So while I was having great contractions and my body was responding really well to the medication, my body wasn't relaxing. Yeah. So in that four hours, I had made no progress. That's so hard. <laughs> yeah. So I got the epidural and it was time, like 30 minutes later, once I was settled and the the epidural was working, they did a check on me and I had doubled my progress in like 30 minutes. Wow. So I really just needed to relax. Mm-hmm. And everything after that just went really, really fast. I got to attend within a couple of hours. Um I think like five hours later, I was out of 10. Wow. That's so crazy. it went really, really fast. And then, um, yeah, then it was ready for time for him to be born. And they, I don't know if they had you do it, but when you have a, like an epidural, they have you do practice pushes to make sure that you can actually do it. Because sometimes the epidural is too heavy. They have to turn back the dose. So you can actually oh, you know, feel the pressure. Um, apparently I was doing really well because they were like, let's pause because your doctor's not here yet. And yeah. he's gonna <laughs> um, that was probably the worst part of the labor was being told, Hey, you're out of 10. You could push this kid out at any time, but your doctor's not here yet. So you can't do anything right now. That's crazy. And so, okay, so me- I have a question. Did mm-hmm. for the upper job, were you like feeling when you like hit transition and were ready to push, were you feeling anything? Oh Yeah. 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 I felt that because my, my, um, Ellen D nurse, she was amazing. She was getting me in all these different positions that I didn't think that I would be able to, cause I couldn't feel my legs. Mm-hmm. She had me in like, they dropped the foot of the bed. So I was in almost like a squat position, yeah. like a supported squat position. And I went from an eight to a 10 in 10 minutes in that that's position. Good. Yeah. that's. Crazy. And I was, I told her I was in there and I was on the little, like the little bean ball. I don't remember what it's called. A peanut when, ball? The peanut ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I had my arms like this and I was like, I think I'm ready to go. <laughs> and she had me laid back down and she checked and she's like, yep, you're complete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, we did like the practice pushes and apparently they were really good. So then they were like, your doctor wants to be here for it because um, with the contractions where Hudson was, his heart rate was dipping. Mm. and the resident which looking back on look in the moment I was like why can't you just do it you're a doctor you're here mm-hmm. looking back in it I'm glad she had the humility to say I don't feel comfortable delivering him without an attending here yeah. because his heart rate dipped really really low mm. yeah um, it was to the point where the OR was on standby in case anything happened Interesting. Um, but so I mean looking back I'm very grateful that the resident yeah. you know was not afraid to say I'm not comfortable doing this Yeah. because if she had and had, you know, had gone into it, not being, you know, ready, then it could have gone really bad. Yeah, exactly. But so it was a very painful 20, 30 minutes waiting for my doctor to get there, (laughs) but she got there. She kind of like Hudson was like halfway turned. So she like did something to flip him and then he just came right out. 
wow that's crazy wow yeah. that's crazy so like from start to start of your induction to finish how long was your labor um I got there at 8 a.m and at 3 a.m 3 30 he was born okay yeah that's not bad for an induction but that from the awesome. time they started I wasn't in any labor like I had no contractions that were like I had like the preterm or that the pre-labor contractions going on from the cytotech that they gave me yeah but I don't really consider myself actually being induced until they started the pitocin at noon okay yeah so it was more it was from the time they started the pitocin to when he was born was 15 hours yeah that's pretty good for a first-time mom being induced that was pretty fast yeah because inductions can take days (laughs) (laughs) they really can um and like, if you had to do it again, would you choose an elective induction again? Would you try to like wait for spontaneous labor? Um, like if you could do it all over again, what would you do different? Or would, would you do anything different? Um, it, I guess it would all depend on how I would feel at the end. I had really bad um, pubic symphysis disorder. So the relaxin really loosened up my pelvis. Yeah. And made that very uncomfortable to walk. So if I were to have that again, then yes, I would do it the same way. Yeah. Um, But if I'm feeling okay, and I was also, you know, third trimester in the summer. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, if I'm, you know, third trimester in the spring or the winter and doing okay, I might try to wait for spontaneous. Um, But if, if, if my pregnancy were to be like mirror what my first one was then yeah I would I wouldn't change anything I was very happy with everything that happened that's good that's good yeah you know and that's like I just want to like put that disclaimer out there everyone's got like different philosophies and like different wishes for labor and none is better than another what's best Mm -hmm. is what makes you um comfortable and happy and gets your baby here you know safely yes exactly I whether you go all natural or you want to go induced like more power to you mom it's your birth you do what you want to do exactly um, yeah exactly. and I, that was yeah no, my, go ahead. me and my husband were comfortable you know with the decisions we felt like we were very informed with all the decisions that were made mm-hmm. um <clears throat> we had a birth plan that we gave to the nurse but as is life you know things don't always go according uh, to the plan we want so looking back on the birth plan I was like yeah we didn't really do any of that <laughs> um but we were informed of everything that was going on I was very blessed to have an amazing OB, a great L&D team. I didn't feel like I was pressured to make any decisions. So um, would I, w- I would do it all over again the same way if I had to. That's good. That's great. Um, yeah, mine, I mean, was different, but not like, I guess every labor is going to be different too. Mine was like 12 hours, less than 12 hours start to finish. I waited for spontaneous labor um and I was planning to wait past 42 weeks I wasn't like in a rush to get her here although she came at 40 plus four um and I had absolutely no signs of like labor beforehand some people are like well you lose your mucus plug a few days before your water breaks nothing I like woke up at midnight one night and I went to the bathroom and there was like spotting on my spotting and mucus on like the toilet paper and I was like, oh, there's like my mucus plug. And then I went to like, I laid back down and immediately. I was having contractions and they, I'd say the first hour or two, they were like manageable. I was not able to sleep. I was trying to go back to sleep, um, but I, they were painful enough already. I was not able to sleep. And then after that point, they were every three to four minutes, um, like until she got here. When the water broke, is when it got horribly intense. I was not expecting that. Um, but like, 
I don't know. It was just a really fast, fast labor for a first time. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, you I don't know what I would hours And done. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice, but also like, it's also like a freight train. Like it just hit me so fast because mm-hmm. it was so like, I, I know I remember that pre-labor. I woke up to nurse Hudson and I, I saw that you had texted me and I was like, Ooh, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was just so fast. Like, cause yeah. Cause some people like have that early labor where their contractions are like 10, 15 minutes apart. I never had that. It was just right away. I was in that, um, the like early active labor phase, um, mm-hmm. which was nice. Cause I had prayed for a quick labor, but also it was intense. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know if I could like, I think if I were to do it different, I would try to birth at um, home or at a birth center. And I wanted to with her, but um, I'm on like our state insurance right now and they don't cover that. Mm-hmm. So I just, we didn't have the money out of, to do that out of pocket. So I don't know if I could do it again, I would definitely try to have a home birth or a birth center birth, um, but money. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for, for money is a very, down, very real issue. <laughs> it is. So for how it went down, I'm not like upset. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, cause I did end up like, I did have a hospital birth. I think the one thing that the few things that frustrated me all happened mostly after she was born. I did not want Pitocin afterwards and they basically insisted on it. Um, because they were like, well, because you're anemic, whatever blah 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 um I don't know I don't think it really helped with anything because I had they had to manually remove my placenta anyway so it just yeah, so I they had know. to do that anyway so. I know so I was like what 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 was the point of this so anyway that was like it was good until like afterwards afterwards is when I really started not having fun <laughs> um if so I guess I already asked you what you would do differently but um if someone this is something someone asked me about. Oh, I know you want to say stuff. Um, someone said, how can someone overcome their anxiety about pain and discomfort of pregnancy and childbirth? Ooh. Well, my philosophy was get the epidural. <laughs> um, it's going to sound cheesy and you've probably heard it, but it's going to, it's going to end. As soon as your baby is born, most of the pain is going to go away. Not all of it, yeah. but most of it's going to go away. Yep. And the way I looked at it with each contraction I was having, even with with the epidural, I still had a lot of pressure. Um, and then at the end, I was still having some pain, like some breakthrough pain. But I looked at it with each one. And I was like, okay, this is one less that I have to do until he's born. Like I'm literally on a countdown. I don't know what the number is, but it's going down. Yes, exactly. And that was something my doula had said, because I had a doula. She was amazing. I hope that I get to use her many more times. Um, And she was like, you're literally like on a countdown to meeting your son. And that that was something that really stuck out to me. That's what I would tell, you know, other moms, especially first time moms who are nervous about, you know, they don't, they don't want to be in pain, but they don't know what kind of pain management Mm -hmm. they want, if they want any, if they want to do all natural. Mm -hmm. So that would be my general overall advice is think of it as a countdown to meeting your baby yeah yeah absolutely I I would say the same thing is like yes it's some it is intense pain some people say birth isn't painful I don't know I I don't know I I that. people that are like <laughs> I did all natural and it didn't and like I didn't have I didn't consider it pain I was uh, like How? I know I know <laughs> like even if you're very relaxed it still is painful in my opinion mm-hmm. um but it's very very temporary it goes it's like Mm -hmm. so fast like it's only at max a couple of days and there have been it was 
like I said, it was definitely very painful, but there have been situations in my life where things are like chronically painful. And I'm like, I think I'd rather do labor and delivery because it's very painful, but it's over. And mm-hmm. then you get a baby afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas exactly. like other sufferings, you don't always like get something joyful afterwards. So yeah. um, I think just like reminding yourself that it's a very temporary pain and um, it's, you know, you get a beautiful baby afterwards. Um, and, and then whatever, like you said, whatever pain um, management methods you want to try, um, whether that's an epidural, I know they say water is like nature's epidural. So maybe if you can try getting in like a hot bath or something mm-hmm. like that, um, just kind of like be prepared for like what you want to try for pain management. And then there's, I mean, you don't have to go right to an epidural too. I know some hospitals will do like, I don't even know, what's the gas thing? Some hospitals will do like a gas, like, um, mm-hmm. or like, like the nitrous oxide. Yeah. Um, they'll do, I got a push. Uh, it, it was a, it was a narcotic. It didn't touch me. It didn't do anything. So I only got it once. Um, it was along the lines of like the fentanyl that's in the epidural, but it was at okay. a much lower dose. Yeah. Um, and being a nurse, I know that that dose wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> um, yeah. but I got it anyway, just to like, I wanted to say that I checked all the boxes before I yeah. got the epidural. Because that was something on my birth plan was, I don't want to jump right into the epidural, yes. but I'm also not opposed to getting it. I want yep. to make sure that I've done, you know, experienced the other options. Um, so I did. And it was terrible. It didn't touch <laughs> me. And I was like, okay, it's time. <laughs> but you tried. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I tried. So yeah, exactly. So kind of just knowing your options too. And um know what what you're okay with and what you don't want to risk um, because obviously with any intervention there is risk um, and with any medication there is risk mm-hmm. so kind of weighing that for yourself like is the risk worth it for the benefits for me um, okay so birth trauma can be a real thing for some people I know I don't think thankfully you or I experienced um, major birth trauma at all maybe we had some some things that might some have been scary like, moments but yes. nothing that I look back on is I'm you know, I'm traumatized by it. Like, I feel like every birth is going to have like those intense, scary moments, but not everything is going to be looked back on as, you know, traumatic where, you know, there definitely are traumatic births and I'm not invalidating that at all. But when I look at, you know, the scary moments that happened with me, I'm like, yeah, that happened. And this is how they handled it. And everything was fine. Exactly. Yeah. So for someone who um, does have a traumatic birth and labor, um, what is, what are some ways that a mom can heal from that and, um, you know, find, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not like the medical professional here. So what would you suggest for those moms? That's hard for me to answer though. Cause like I said, I don't, I don't look back on my one birth that I'm not a, you know, an expert by any means on birth. I've had one Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't traumatic, but I mean, what was the, uh, the doula? in that had she has like a like a birth like a oh like a processing is, session like a processing session I think yes. that is great and take advantage of that mm-hmm. yes. um I didn't have I did kind of have that with my doula it wasn't worded like that but it was like a one-week check-in like how are you doing are you off yep. the baby yet is there anything you want to talk about and we did talk about my delivery and she was like how did you feel about this mm-hmm. like are you having any like residual fear or anxiety over everything and that even though I wasn't that still really helped to hear you know someone say like it's valid that you could be feeling these things let's talk about it 
Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. My doula did the same thing. So sounds like most doulas would probably do something like that, like a birth processing session. And then Yeah, especially because you don't go back to see unless you have a complication, you don't go back to see your OB until six weeks. Right, right. And so much can happen during that time. So much can happen in six weeks. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that's that's good to know. So a doula, um, potentially for like processing those things. Mm -hmm. Um two, like if it's lingering what like therapy do you think that would be helpful I think so yeah yeah always it's always good to talk about things that's true that's very true and then I know um for like physical trauma um obviously like your OB can help with this or your midwife Mm -hmm. but I think something I need to go do still um is like uh pelvic floor therapy I think that's something I'm struggling with Sarah knows a lot of issues and I think (laughs) they might be related to pelvic floor therapy pelvic floor issues yeah my pelvic floor is wrecked that was (laughs) if there was anything traumatic about my birth it probably was the physical aspects because because he came out his he came out in one push like it wasn't like oh there he like he's like there's his head like the head is born it was it was like (laughs) one (laughs) um so I had a lot of physical trauma and then I had because I had a bunch of stitches and week two I had it I had some internal stitches pop out just oh getting gosh. out of bed not even doing I wasn't doing anything I was supposed to be I was literally getting out of bed yeah and oh I felt gosh. it and I asked my OB about it and she was like well if they were external I could restitch you but because they're internal they're, unfortunately there's nothing I can do about it mm, out and I just had to let those heal naturally so that was hard that was probably the yeah. worst part because I couldn't walk that hurts yeah That's and then really just bad. like it was it was so it honestly I told my husband I was like this is more painful than like labor oh it, oh it was gosh. so bad it was so bad I I cringe yeah. thinking about that um but yeah there the physical trauma is definitely real and like I didn't I really didn't think too much about that I mean I was like yeah I know I'm gonna have to heal and everything down there but I didn't think it would be that bad yeah yeah me too I both the emotional and the physical healing I was not expecting oh oh my goodness she thinks so too Um, (laughs) and I like definitely dive into that in our postpartum episode but it's just it's a lot so I feel like if I were to do something different during labor pregnancy and labor next time it would be to prepare better for the postpartum in my Mm -hmm. opinion I don't know about you mine would definitely be prepare better for uh the labor and postpartum as well mostly focusing on strengthening my pelvic floor because my pelvic floor nine months later is like still non-existent yep (laughs) me too I've been doing you know therapy and exercises for it but I'm like they're not helping like yeah it's hard. It's really hard. It does take a toll on your body. And I don't think and it's a process. It is a process to heal. Like I, I know that it's going to take a while to heal it. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the in the journey of healing it, it's almost feels like it's never ending. Yeah, that's true. And yeah, and that's true, though. It could I mean, it could take years, you know, but it will eventually hopefully heal. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that was is there anything like else you'd want to like add to any of the labor or pregnancy stuff that I didn't ask about Mm, I don't think so I think we covered pretty much all of it I think so I think so too I'm sure we're missing stuff but you know whatever (laughs) so if you could leave um one piece of advice to first-time moms about pregnancy labor and delivery what would it be take it all in 
And don't, even in the worst parts, don't take it for granted because you never know if, you know, God's going to bless you with many, many babies, or this is going to be your only one. So even in the worst moments, that was something that I really tried to do was just take into, uh, uh, no, thank you. Um, was just take into account everything that was going on and go, you know, if this is the only time that I'm going to experience this, I want to remember it positively. I don't want to be negative. Um, and don't get me wrong. There were definitely moments where I was negative and I was like, I don't ever want to be pregnant again. This is miserable, blah, blah, blah. But overall, I tried to have a very positive aspect on it because I don't know how many times I'm going to be able to experience that. Mm, that's so good. I, I would re-echo that. I wish I could go back and like relive it and like have a more just mm-hmm. be more grateful and enjoy the moments because they go by so fast and you know I, I wish I could know. relive my second again. trimester yeah not the first that is the best I was I felt so good in my second I was so active <laughs> I was barely showing so it was great yeah yeah feels really good that is definitely the sweet spot <laughs> well I love that um, if our listeners are, are you like sharing your social media or do you have anything like if our listeners want to connect with you, is there a place they can connect with you? Yeah, I have Instagram. Let me pull up my <laughs> title. Um, it, my Instagram is just my name. It's Sarah Nearings, um, Sarah with an H and then Nearings is N E E R I N G S. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It was so much fun talking with you about um, both of our labor or pregnancy and labor and delivery. And um, it's just such a such a good experience for people to get to hear different stories. And I know we just like touched the surface. There's so many different experiences for pregnancy. Oh, I could talk about this for so long. I know. <laughs> I tried I know. to dial it when you're like, give us a brief overview. I was like, okay, brief. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. And we obviously we both know each other's stories. So we know there's a lot yeah. more to it. But it, you know, we could talk for hours and hours. So um, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your experience. And I know it's going to be bless- blessing other first time moms or second time moms or people who just need encouragement in pregnancy and labor and delivery. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was so much fun. I'm so glad we decided to do this. It was so random, but yes, yes. it was meant to be. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Catholic Woman Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort, and we look forward to catching you again in the next episode of the Catholic Woman Podcast.